the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Welcome to an emergency episode of the Cover 3 podcast, one that I know I wasn't expecting to be hosting today. And Bud, when you woke up this morning, did you realize you were in Big Ten country? Uh, no, sir. I I, uh, I, I got to say, Tom, I like the L.A. life, man. This is, <laughs> I, I, I really like being in L.A. on an expense report. Like, I don't know if I want to pay the taxes and stuff out here, but like, I'm a big guy like you are. I, I'm I'm not even sweating. I don't even need to shower before I go to the airport. It's like 100 degrees out here, but it's not like the humidity is great. And yet, USC and UCLA are going to leave all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Go to the Big Ten. I, I, I was standing next to Ryan Abraham, our, our USCfootball.com publisher, out here at the, at the Elite 11 when the news broke and said, hey, we'll get you all the Malachi Nelson film you have as part of being a 24 7 sports team. His studio is like 15 minutes up the road. Like, you, this is going to be big. You're going you're gonna to need to do an emergency episode. <laughs> of the Peristyle podcast and uh, everything just live tv man we, we, we scrapped everything we were doing as far as concept show here and it's, wow what a day yeah and yeah, so for those joining us who aren't fully aware of what's happening usc and ucla are reportedly planning to leave the pac-12 to join the big 10 for the 2024 season this is what appears to be Kevin Warren and the Big Ten's response to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma. We are now looking at a situation where if this happens, and I don't think this is leaking and that it's not going to happen, the Big Ten will cover the entire country from Rutgers on the East Coast, the Atlantic Ocean, all the way to the Pacific Ocean with USC and UCLA. And if you're a Wisconsin fan or an Iowa fan, I think the Big Ten West is going to be a lot more difficult to win. And I also don't think that this is the last step because I, I would like to know what you think here too. I Whether it's how this impacts the ACC and programs like Florida State and Clemson and Danny Cannell is planning on joining us soon, and we'll talk about that a little bit more with him too. But I don't think USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten with the idea that they're going to be the only two teams on the West Coast in the conference. I wouldn't be shocked at all at this point if we see Oregon and Washington or maybe the Arizona schools following suit and also joining the Big Ten in the future. Yeah, Tom, I, I agree with you. Geographically, you're not going to want to be that isolated, right? You know, even though I, I don't really think we're going to have some of these Olympic sports as scholarship sports forever, I think they'll probably go more club model in the long run. Still, that that is a, that's a lonely place to be if you're UCLA and USC. Now, the money will help, right? They they, mm-hmm. uh, they, they can they can take private jets everywhere that they want to play. But yeah, my, my immediate thought went to, okay, so Oregon and who? Right? Is it Oregon and a third or a fourth team from the Pac-12 footprint? Uh, I, 
you got to think there's more coming to this. And honestly, I don't think we're going to have only 40 teams play whatever we define as the new, you know, the new D1, the new FBS. I think it'll be more like 60 because we do need teams that are desperate enough to join and take those losses because it's hard to get boosters and fans coming back for teams that go, you know, four and eight every year. Like a lot of teams would if we get to that type of scenario because there is no draft in college football. If you if you suck this year, guess what? You're probably bad next year too because you don't get that number one pick. Alabama does. And so that, yeah, I, I think there's a lot more movement to come here. What is the impact of this on Notre Dame? If you're yeah. Oregon and Big Ten does not take you, do you go independent? That's it's it's a weird question too because I think that as far as brands are concerned, I think Oregon and Washington if you're going to get two more Pac-12 West Coast teams, I think those are the most logical from that perspective. But the Big Ten also added Maryland and Rutgers, so it's not always looking at brands. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Cal and Stanford that will be joining UCLA and USC, giving the Big Ten four California schools, pretty much assuring that every team in the conference based on scheduling is playing at least one game in California every single season. And I think that would be big for recruiting and for what programs will want. But I also think, like you said, that's one of the more interesting aspects of this to me as well, is what happens with Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame is locked in with the ACC right now as far as its scheduling is concerned. And it is a program and a school that the Big Ten has long gone after over the years as a program that it felt logical to join the conference in Notre Dame for reasons that are very logical on its part has always been resistant to do that. But now, if you're Notre Dame, you're kind of getting backed into a corner because you're married to the ACC. And I don't know if that's who you want to be married to right now, especially if Clemson and Florida State start getting a little itchy saying, oh, we don't... I want to hitch my boat to this conference anymore. Maybe they start looking at the SEC as we go more towards what appears to be a two super league model. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and a couple of things. Number one, I the last time the Big Ten expanded and they did take Maryland and Rutgers, it, it was at a time in which markets mm-hmm. still mattered. <coughs> excuse me, a lot. Now I think we have shifted because people do not have cable nearly as much. Right? Like when you got Rutgers, they became the football team of New York. Right, you, you got all all those households. Now, I'm not so sure that matters quite as much. I think it's more about eyeballs and fans who actually watch the game as opposed to fans who, you know, theoretically watch the game. And I'm also not convinced we're just going to the two super conference model. There are enough teams out there that are sort of, you know, quote unquote, too big to fail, and an, enough enough teams as well beyond them who have a lot of money but maybe not a lot of tradition. I'm thinking like a Baylor, right? Mm-hmm. I I think you could go with the three conference model now if you wanted to. Danny, have you heard the news? Danny Knell joining us now. What happened? Did your did your comments on Oklahoma did they blow up? Yeah, and now I'm going to prison, and we're here to say goodbye. No, thank you for joining us. I know you just got off HQ. All three of us have been on HQ in the last 45 minutes now, helping fill that time for him. So now we're all here. But what are your immediate thoughts to USC and UCLA now joining the Big Ten? Almost identical to what I felt when we found out about Oklahoma, Texas. Like that big of a bombshell. Um, explosive landscape shifting move uh, as we did a year ago. You know, it's, I think it's that significant. And I do think it, I always thought for the last decade, I thought we were going to four super conferences. And now I think it just makes it more inevitable that we're going to go to two. Um, I, I was interesting because I caught the tail end of what Bub was saying right there. And I don't know exactly, I, I kind of caught the tail end of it, but I do wonder if there's, something to salvage with the remaining schools. Um, 
I also think there's a massive wild card. And I was just talking to B Mac about this in Notre Dame. Like, cause I, I think that uh, USC and UCLA to the big 10 is a significant counterpunch to the SEC's move. If we were talking about USC Notre Dame right now to the big mm-hmm. 10, I think that would be even bigger. So if they can somehow pull off that move or if the ACC, I think that's like one of the only saving moves that the ACC could do is adding Notre Dame. Other than that, there aren't that many just powerhouse brands of college football left on the table. Well, what if that's the move? What if it's not Oregon, Washington, or Cal Stanford? What if it's Notre Dame, Stanford? Because now Notre Dame, its rivalries with both Stanford and USC would be part of this new Big Ten, so it would be able to keep them. Maybe that's what's enticing enough toward Notre Dame to finally join the Big Ten or to join the ACC. But whatever happens... What do you guys think, and Danny, I'll go with you first. Like, the schools that are left in the Pac-12, are they in the Big 12 kind of going to just form their own kind of not-as-super league? <laughs> so, like, so you're saying that we would actually get the conference to call what it was always supposed to be, the Pac-10? Like what we almost and, had, yeah. And just survive as that? Mm-hmm. Like a Big know. 12, Pac-12 mesh. Oh, okay. So you're saying Big 12. I think that's probably one of the moves that has to be on the table. And I think the Pac-12 was probably a little bit snooty. And maybe if this conversation a year ago, when some of the remaining schools in the Big 12 tried to call the Big uh, Pac-12, they probably laughed and said, oh, we don't need you guys. Now, all of a sudden, they're probably trying to, you know, maybe apologize for some of those comments and say, you know what, you're right that we would do that. I think that one's... I. For me, I think what's almost more fascinating are the schools that view themselves as powerhouses in college football, blue bloods, if you will. There's probably about eight to 10 of them, maybe, you know, that are realistic, but probably maybe 15 that feel like they deserve to be a part of this move, this shifting landscape, and even specifically in the Big Ten and the SEC. And what do they do? Because I would have to imagine they are calling furiously Kevin Warren, Greg Sankey, What's your interest in us? What what are the options on the table? And I'm talking about Oregon, Washington, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and there's you know there's a little bit of a deeper list, but I'm very curious to see what is happening with those programs who are not in this super conference move. Bud, what do you think? So let's go on that. So I actually think this is a weird scenario in which the ACC's very long contract with ESPN could actually help. And I normally think of this deal, which runs through 2036 with the Granite as a hindrance to those schools in the ACC. This doesn't really apply to Oregon, obviously, because they're in Pac-12. But ESPN, even though they do not spend as much money on the SEC as they do, you know, the the, the, uh, the ACC, think about this. That's, they still have billions of dollars committed to the conference for the next 13 years. They do not want to throw that away. So they are not going to let those assets in the ACC wither away to nothing. Like, they may not be a top-five asset, but Miami and Clemson and North Carolina and Florida State and some of your iconic brands like that are not going to get left out of the coming Super League. It's just not going to happen. ESPN is way too invested in the success. ESPN cannot go to its shareholders at Disney and say, hey, we're just going to go ahead and throw away that $8 billion. Right? Like, that's not going to happen. So now maybe not all the ACC gets saved, but I'm just not worried about the top half teams in the ACC. Just like I talked to a buddy of mine and coaches in Oregon, right? So we jumped on here. I was like, are you guys okay? And he's like, dude, Phil Knight's got us. 
Either we're getting to the Big Ten or we're going independent. We got the money to do it. We're fine. So I just I'm not that worried about it right now. Now, if I'm a fringe ACC team, I got to think down down the road. This this may be the last big ESPN contract I play for, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it's possible. I, I think we'll have like 50 or 60 teams in the Super League. I, I do not think it's going to be like 35. So let's put our cards on the table right now, Danny. I'll start with you. What's the next big move? Who's joining what first? I think Notre Dame's probably the team I'd keep the eye on the most. I think that's probably it. And then I would say, then I would say after that, I'd keep the an ACC eye on. or to like the SEC. I don't know. Do? I would love to because I, I think that might. Come on, be put it on the table. Pick one. What's that, buddy? They don't have the option. The AC, when the ACC let Notre Dame join as a football mm-hmm. member for the 2020 season, they said, hey, yeah, you can do that, but you cannot join another conference for the next time. I don't have Google in front of me, and it might be obvious. Is it eight years? Something like that. But if the ACC is dead, who's going to stick time. around to sue them for it? <laughs> no, no, but but if, we're, if, we're saying, if we're saying it's the next move, yeah. right, then like they're not – Notre Dame would have to be one of the last moves, uh, or at least the, the move sequential you know, to the ACC dying. So then if it's not, if it's Notre Dame, then I think maybe Oregon and some other Pac-12 school. Um, And the thing is, like, there's some good schools that I think are options in Arizona State, uh, Washington. I think Utah, who may not get as much love as they deserve, is a really Mm -hmm. good football program. I think they matter. I also think what's interesting, too, is that, you know, I um, is uh, it's this is only football and basketball as far as we're hearing right now like this isn't all sports so when you start to whittle it down and say all right who has the best football and basketball programs well that's what one of our higher-ups texted me during one of my hits and said as far as we know now it's just football and basketball and I was wondering about that too because when you start start thinking about USC traveling to Rutgers and yeah, you know like soccer, yeah, yeah it, it gets expensive baseball all the non-revenue sports it gets really costly Think about a sport like baseball where you're playing 50 games, and that's a lot, you know, in softball. That's a lot of travel, a lot of hotels. So it makes a lot more sense that it would just be football and basketball. But then I also think it it makes a lot more sense to look at how what sports exactly or what programs offer the most value in those two. Well, I mean, that's the the only two sports that matter in terms of contract. I don't even think we're going to have non-revenue sports as scholarship sports. Neither do I. In like 20 years. I think once they make the football guys employees and they, they, they have a really weak union that you could probably smoke in negotiations and it would happen, then you don't have to comply with the Title IX stuff if they're you know, employees as opposed to scholarship thing. And then I think we will not have nearly as much of these scholarships for the non-revenue sports. It'll be up to university case by case if they want to make it a scholarship sport. But I, I think if you, if I'm having a kid right now, I'm going to introduce him to the uh, the word club sport. To be fair, like, I'm pretty sure Arizona State's hockey program is already in the Big Ten. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, maybe that's a natural fit. Maybe that'll still come with. But no, it's. The other thing I think, too, to watch out for. Like, I think we all kind of assume. I know I'm making an assumption that, you know, we've used like these pairings of two. Is there a move where they go for the jugular and they get four? You know, or or like more significant group. And then whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC, like that to me would be a next monster move where if and then that really would would send the signal of the end of the Pac twelve or you know, I'm assuming it would come from the Pac twelve, but that would really put a conference in danger as far as their future. 
Yeah, like if you're Greg Sankey right now, are you maybe considering, well, what if I go after Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and another right. fourth ACC program? North Carolina like North or Carolina NC State. Or, yeah. Yeah. or Virginia Tech, you know, yeah. get up, you know. So, yeah. and just go to 20 teams right now and pretty much have two 10-team leagues, and then the winners of my 10-team leagues will play for the SEC championship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, I want to ask you a question, Tom. As, as we've seen a lot of reporting recently, the Transformation Committee decided not to act on some of this stuff. Do you think that they got tipped off that, that something like this was going to happen maybe? Because this, they're, they're in action uh, and, and kind of punting, you know, we'll, we'll tackle more of this next year. It's mm-hmm. pretty recent. I mean, it, that struck me as odd because they were very gung ho about this back in February. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Probably that is what happened. And while I didn't see this coming, like for the last few months, we've been kind of expecting the Big Ten's television deal to get announced. Like I think originally it was like they were expecting it to be in May and then in early June, and it kept getting pushed back. And you weren't really hearing any new information about what the television deal was. It was still, it was always the same. Well, ESPN still wants it. NBC, CBS, they're all still involved and maybe some streaming, but you didn't get any concrete updates as far as when it was going to happen. It just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And I was, I was thinking to myself, why the hell is this getting pushed back repeatedly? And it might be because they've been trying to figure out, can we get USC and UCLA and how will that impact our new TV deal? And who else could we possibly get? So, yeah, I think that this has probably been somewhat known by some people who've done a pretty good job of keeping things tight, but somebody finally talked today apparently <laughs> seriously uh by the way i, I want to shout out our live viewers 850 live viewers at once is it's pretty sick on youtube uh thanks for getting us 15,000 we, we really want to be to 20 guys like let, let's get 20,000 by the start of the year i know our locks pod picks are so damn good that you don't really want to share with your friends because you want to you want to win your local pool and, and, I, and i get it but i mean we, there's enough for us to go around let's get us to 20,000 subscribers before football season I mean, question. Who else does question? Quick question. Person? Quick question. I heard Dennis Dodd say this. You guys, tell me what you think. Did Lincoln Riley know this move was coming? No. So no, he's been so he's been blindsided twice because he said he didn't know about Oklahoma going to the SEC, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's leaving them." Now he doesn't know about this move either. Man. Yeah. Coaches genuinely do not know this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that kind of covers everything for now. Maybe I'll be seeing your beautiful faces again in the next few hours or next few days if another domino falls. But again, pretty crazy news. USC, UCLA planning to join the Big Ten for the 2024 season. This will not be the last we hear about it, nor will this be the last domino to fall. Uh, I thank everybody for tuning in to the live show on YouTube for Cover 3. If you haven't already, like Bud said, please subscribe. Hit the like button. Talk to your friends about us. Tell us we tell them we knew about this long before anybody else, and we've been telling you for weeks. They don't need to know that you're full of it. Just pretend that was the case. Danny, thank you for joining us, Bud. Thank you for coming on from Elite 11. Go, you know, go listen to some zip off the hands coming from those throws. He was, he, he was in. Yeah, he was in. <laughs> Cameo. Thanks, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.